there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Picture the scene here in the studio in the green corner, Peter Grant in floods of tears <laughs> <laughs> after the 97 minutes last night. He went out of the room after 94 and a half minutes. He thought Aberdeen had the points. <laughs> and in the other corner, the blue corner, Barry Ferguson is there. Barry smiles. I don't know if you could believe it, but what a finish to the game last night. And I am joking about the tears with Peter Grant. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, what about that uh, ending last night? Super sub, Scott Arfield. Yeah, it was an unbelievable ending. Um, in terms of the first half, I thought Rangers were mostly dominant. Um, Ryan Kent especially mm. was was in fire, I thought. They lose a goal just before half-time. You think, right, that's going to make them angry. They're going to come out and, and come out the traps in the second half. But they were really poor Rangers in the second half. And to be fair, Aberdeen deserved to take the lead. Paul Michael Beale then makes the quadruple change. It took about 10 minutes and then they started again um, a wee bit of momentum. But Scott Arfield, that's what he does. Uh, he gambles, he makes late runs into the box and um, he's pulled Rangers um, out a massive hole last night because I, I was thinking to myself when it was getting to 90 minutes, this is going to be a long four months now. But thankful, uh, thankfully Scott Arfield got his double and Rangers come back down the road with three points. 3-2 three, to Rangers. Peter, what were your thoughts then in the 94th minute? Well, you thought, obviously I've said, I think the championship's over anyway. Yeah. I've said that for a few weeks now. Last night at a definite, that was a definite. And then all of a sudden it turns around. But we've said it probably for the last year in here that we think Scott Arfield's probably the best finisher at the football club. He plays in an area of the pitch that we, we find surprising he doesn't play more often. Because when you play with one striker, you need people to get in the box and get beyond the box. And before his goal, he'd made a few runs and hadn't been seen. You see young Connor Bannon in there. Uh, Barrett, whatever you can't yeah, remember. Barron. Yeah, Barron. Yeah, yeah. And he gets in the box and he gets by him a few times. And for all the young fella had done exceptionally yeah. well, it just showed you the inexperience. He just let runners run off you. And he'd done it fantastically well. And then he got his just rewards with his two goals. 3 2 to Rangers. Rangers fans, what do you think? 08 08 17 17 700. Could you imagine if this was Radio Aberdeen today? <laughs> I mean, I know Willie Miller was heard on BBC apparently uh, shouting, Oh no, he is an Aberdeen legend. Uh, and we're going to preview the Celtic game. A Celtic against Livingston tonight could go back to nine points. It's now six after that game last night. But what an advert for the game, though, isn't it? We want to see matches that go all the way. I'm looking at contrasting faces. <laughs> Some. And, no, really. No, yeah, it was, it was, back to the blood pressure yeah, yeah. It, it was and, and I've got to pick a bone with Scott Arfield I'd done my bike when I jumped off the sofa <laughs> when that third goal went in um, but granted right, he's a throwback for me yeah. um, Scotty Arfield yeah. I don't, you don't see a lot of midfielders making that run beyond the strikers yeah. and that's something that Scotty Arfield does he missed a chance where I thought he should yeah. have scored but that doesn't put him off doesn't he keeps going and he yeah. keeps going and he, he got that equaliser and then obviously he popped up with the winner. Here's Paul, a Rangers fan from the South Side. Hi, Paul. Good evening. 
Hi there, guys. Thanks for letting me in. Hi, Paul. Um, hi there. Um, I just listened in. Obviously, I was excited with the result last night. It was dramatic. But, you know what, we've not had many comebacks like that for, for a number of years otherwise. So, Peter will know that his old team get quite a few of these types of results, but that's another point, eh? Um, yeah. just, to say, just to see what you think of this, right? Um, I want to ask you a question before I'll kind of lead on to my point, if that's all right, just to try and frame it this way. Um, who, who do you think uh, was to blame for Aberdeen's goal? Just want to put it out there. What do you think? What goal, Paul? The first the equaliser. The, the free kick just before half time. I think if you ask Alan McGregor himself, I, I think you should save it. I mean, he's, he's a top class goalkeeper, no doubt. If you watch it, he takes a step to the left. If he doesn't take that step, he, he saves the goal. Um, I think he'll be disappointed himself, Alan McGregor, no doubt about it. And knowing him, oh. the type of character he is, he will hold his hands up. Peter, what did you think? I just think it's bad defending. You know, giving a free kick away at that particular time and they talk about experience and players letting you down at massive moments and you see it all the time being rash at the edge of the box you know, you're 1-0 up you know you're near half time stay on your feet as a defender you know, they get, then they give the free kick away I understand the agree with Barry saying 100% but the other side is I'm a great believer that goalkeepers give themselves too much to do and that's why they've got to make that step I don't understand for the life of me why they're not central have a little bit of more space that they can see it so they can either go left or right. Because as soon as you go one way, your weight's on that side. It's very, very difficult to adjust then. And let's not... The wee fella's hit it fantastically well, Duke. Or, Duke. He's um, hit yeah. it exceptionally well, you know. But Alan McGregor, the quality, mm. he's got to be expecting to save it. But I think they have to make sure that the start position has to be better. But Paul, you've got yeah. to realise he's a player on the pitch. You know how long to go yeah. until half-time. I think Sands plays it in the middle of the pitch. Yes. See, sometimes just turn the Aberdeen defence. Yeah, exactly. Put it in behind. And then, obviously, he doesn't need to go and make that tackle, the mistake he made. And obviously, Aberdeen get the goal and they get a lift off it. No doubt about it. I was just disappointed with Rangers' reaction. At the start of the second half, I would have been absolute raging, angry in that dressing room, desperate to get out in the second half. And it was a, a poor performance in the second half. But listen, one thing they did show us big character. True they kept grit. going. Yep. They kept going to the very end, and that's why they get the three points. Paul, was that a leading question? What did you feel about the first goal? Hi, it was interesting to get the, the few points of Barry and uh, Peter there. Because uh, I phoned up the station before and I've mentioned yeah. this, and I don't want to do a character assassination or anything. It's not about that, honestly. It's not personal, but James Sands, I don't I don't rate at all. Right? I, I know he's a professional player and all that, and I'm not saying that as a... I don't mean it that way, yeah. but I just don't think he's Rangers class. Look, the guy was an American... I was talking to another Rangers fan at the game the other day, and he said, ah, but he's an American player of the year and whatnot. But listen, he didn't take him to the World Cup. I think that says something as well. And listen, just what Peter said there, he gave away the foul. And, and I've been screaming for... I was on the phone to my dad and I said, let's see that again. Do you know what? He's he's a liability. He didn't do it. He did it last year against Leipzig away. At the game, he gave away a foul. Leipzig got a free kick and scored a goal. Uh, do you know what? The sooner Davies can get back in there, the, be the better, in my opinion, to be honest. Do you know? Was you on that, Paul? That is, but you've got to remember he's a midfield player. You know, and it is, it is different because... He'll probably be used to going against the ball. I know a couple of times during a game the manager's actually put team at your right back and I felt as if I was completely out of comfort zone. But I'm used to going against the ball, going and winning the ball and putting my tackle on. All of a sudden you've got to be more 
stand up is when you're a defender. If you don't understand more balance, back off a little bit. And that's why I thought he was rash at the edge of the box. But then, as you say, I think he that was the midfield instinct. When you're a midfielder, you can get into the tackles in the middle of the pitch and you maybe get away with it. As a central defender, you can't. And I'll, I, I, obviously, I don't see Sands every week, but I thought he was outstanding in Eindhoven, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I thought he was outstanding because he was only one that was wanting to take the ball off the... All the senior ones were sort of shirking away from it. He tained it and made... And I thought he, he kept Rangers in the game in that particular game, away from home, in a very, very difficult atmosphere. I agree with you. I think he lacks that physicality as a centre-half, you know? And I, the worry is that you've got likes of Davis on the bench. That'd be more a concern for me that if he's only making the bench, that tells me... Obviously, there's an issue with him. If you've got a centre half on the bench like him and he's not fit to play, I don't understand where you're going to. Mm-hmm. But he comes on. Play. See the thing, yeah, exactly. I don't, he comes on at 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. That, that, if you're if you're on the bench, you're fit to Absolutely. play. Absolutely. Come on, I was surprised that Davis never played because Connor Golson only had, I think had two or three training sessions similar to Davis had I think four or five sessions. Um, so I was surprised that he didn't play. Sands, I feel for him because it is a foreign position to him. Look, I think if everybody's fit, he would be a good squad player for Rangers. I don't think he's a um, he's a player that would get into the starting eleven if you had your full squad fit and ready to go. Barry, can I ask you a question? Paul, stay yeah. with us. What do you think of Conor Goldson's comments afterwards that he doesn't think I, Rangers would have won that game under GVB? I, I just don't like hearing. I don't like hearing things like that. I, I think there's a way to go about it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can just go away for the question. Um, what happened previously under um, Gio, Giovanni? I, I just don't like It's not just Conor Golston or, or Rangers players. Any player, when I, re, I see an interview and a, a manager's lost his job, a new manager comes in, they get a result. I just, you're better just keeping quiet and getting away for the, the, the question that's getting answered. I think there's a way to, to do that. Um, I just don't like seeing it. Because listen, the results weren't great under Gio towards the end. Sadly, he lost his job as a new manager in, but just, listen, I think there's a way to go about it. Peter, were you surprised? Yeah, I'd be more questioning him. He's been part of it. I've never told, the manager's never told me you need to go to 98 minutes ever in his life. And I would take any of my teammates, you would have been driving the morning demanding that of them as an individual. And if he's blaming another manager for them, or well, would have gave up? That's what he's really trying to say last year, would have gave up? And they didn't, because they won games, especially in Europe, you know, they come back for the dead, really. You know, and as Barry says, it's it's an easy way out. That's got to take. Well, he was the same boy that signed a new contract. So why did he sign a new contract when Gio was there? If he didn't want to sign the contract, is that because nobody else wanted him, or is that because the money was good, or is it because he wanted to play with Rangers and he thought the the picture that Gio had painted in front of him was one that he was going to buy into? So I, I thought it was maybe we're picking it up wrong. So you know what he's meant with it, I don't know, but. Um, I thought it was very, very poor. Because he's a 30-year-old, he's not a kid. Paul, what did you think of his comment? So, so I've got to be fair, honestly. What, 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 sorry, I must start there. Yeah, he, the he was asked about the game and Conor Goldson said he doesn't think they would have won that under GVB that late in the game and after 95, 97 minutes that they would still get two goals. I think, paraphrasing, aye. that's what he was saying. Aye, but I think things like that, from a fan's perspective, I suppose, yeah. just... You keep that in the dressing room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think kind of that's that's the way I've always thought the Rangers mentality is that we do things in house, you know, and that's what I've always liked about um, the way we do things. Obviously, you know, we've got through a period of time where it's a bit of a, a nonsense, but we're we're back in a good even keel. Uh, what I would say though, 
just pick up some of the points there about the team. Um, it's not getting away. I know I agree that the performance wasn't great. Um, I think obviously that was in Bill's face last night. You could see that he was a bit stunned that we actually came back and whatnot. But he was bailing. Um, hey. <laughs> 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 I think. Uh, I think. Uh, listen, it's a cry out to the board as well. We we need the board, and, and listen, the board got us got us fifty five titles and took us to Sapphire. We'll never forget that what they did throw. But I think if anything. Listen, from Bronckhorst was a legend to a player, Barry Rose, because he played with him. Mm. Um, I remember the goals he scored against Celtic, and I'll always be in my mind about him. Um, I still respect him as a guy, uh, yeah. you know, as a manager and a Rangers uh, legend. And do you know what? There's a few Rangers players that, that kind of need to look themselves in the mirror. And if that's the way, you know, the down tools, and listen, that's modern day football. You see it with Man United and Chelsea and whatnot, if his manager sacked. Uh, it's poor it is poor but I suppose it's a different type of game now do you know what I mean here's Barry yeah, I, yeah. to be honest with you, I like what Paul's saying I, I totally agree with him um, but in terms of Rangers going forward that was an, the last two games I'm sure Paul agree I, I think there's a, a fair rebuild needed mm. um, at Rangers listen a brilliant six points over the last um, five days or so but I think last night jumped right out of me that there, there does need to be a lot of uh, incomings and a lot of outgoings as well but that's up to the Rangers board to, if they can go and support them because listen money's tight we all know that but I think January I've said it before Paul I think January and 100% of summer is going to be massive for Michael Beale they've bought time certainly last night because it could have yeah. been 12 points this yeah, weekend but, well, yeah. you know what I like about it it wasn't great in the second half no. but you know what they showed a bit of fight they kept going bit of character bit of determination that's what you want to see for your for your players Paul I'm sure you'd want to see more I want to ask Barry and Peter as well what about Morelos you're not getting enough from him still are you uh, still I uh, still not I think you know what maybe he's ran his course at Rangers no on my Christmas list if you want to know and I know it's probably not going to happen after the comments were made and whatnot. but see somebody like your, your Ryan Portis no listen as a rival yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts but he's the type of Character, I think we need in that team. I think we've missed that kind. Of, no, Michael Bill talks about identity. Yeah, I want someone who's going to kind of wind up the other the opposition and give you that extra five ten minutes of passion and commitment. Like Barry did in the midfield for many years with Rangers, he got stuck in and drove players on and just gave them that extra percentage. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a type of, you know, well, he's just a twenty three years old or something. I think he could be yeah. like a future Rangers captain and whatnot. Uh, and somebody like Kevin Nisbet maybe up front. I think we need a bit of a bit of young talent from Scotland to know the game and look at Walter Smith. You no, know, I always go back to what Walter did in his second spell. He brought Stephen Whitaker, he brought Kevin Thompson, he brought up and coming youth in Scotland and look what were they two guys did, you know? Yep. And that's mm-hmm. just a couple of examples, you know. Barry. I perked up when he says um, yeah. Kevin Nisbet. Saw that. Yeah. I, I like Kevin Nisbet. I've got to be honest with listen, he, he said that at horrendous time we the ACL injury, mm-hmm. 10 months out, but he's seen me his first game back. I thought, until yeah. he hit a brick wall, which is normal because he's been out for that length of time, I thought he was exceptional mm-hmm. um, for Hibs. And he's a player that I love to see. He's come through the lower divisions and he's he's had to work hard. He's obviously had a dunt with a bad injury, but Kevin Nisbet, for me, as a player, I really like. And Ryan Porteous, Peter, would you be... Good? Well, we spoke about him last yeah. week. We said it's not down to his ability. It's going to handle the pressure he's playing and the expectation he's staying on the pitch being a Rangers player if that's what he ended up being or a Celtic player because there's something else goes different there because there is extra scrutiny 
he's not handled that particularly well in big games at times himself as a defender we're talking about defenders now and yeah. it's like goalkeepers I think when you see somebody's erratic there it sets off the back line and it's the same with your centre halves if they're erratic it's, it sets a shock wave through everybody round about them because you never know what they're going to do then they get into a stupid tackle and it costs you dearly and you can't afford to do that especially if you're in big games and big competitions and that's the thing you have to get better but football wise you know you can play you can play for the ball from the back. You can use the ball very well. He's aggressive in the air. He's aggressive in general. But he's got to curb that in the right way. And yeah, he could be an asset for Rangers. And there's no doubt he'd be as good as any of the centre-halves they have. Barry, would you agree? He could be as good as the centre-halves yeah, they have. Yeah, I've always said he's got the potential, but there's always that question mark um, with his temperament. That's the thing that, that lets him down uh, for me. Look, there's no doubt he's a good player. Is he as good as Connor Goldston, Ben Davies... Leon King, he's a young emerging centre half. Um, I don't know. Listen, he, he's a good player for me. The one that excites me more is what Paul just says, Kevin Nisbet. That's yeah. an area where I think Rangers do need to go and strengthen in the forward areas. Peter, sorry, Morelos. Sure. It looks to me of the the best thing for for Rangers and Morelos is um, uh, the part ways different with Ryan Kent, who I thought was uh, magical at times last night. You called for that on Monday night. You said Ryan Kent could be the difference. And yes, I, 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 listen, I think people will disagree with me. I think give him what he wants. That's He's a special talent, Ryan Kent. And especially the way that Michael Beale's playing, he's got the free role, he can go and roam left, right, centrally. He looks to me if he's um, he's enjoying that, that, that free role. And as I said, he's a match winner at times. That could be a help, Joe, like, you know, because I think Cholak's got nine goals or whatever it is this season and a team that's not been playing well you know, and not creating a lot of chances in the respect of that I think we've been unfair on him because he's had to come through with the Morelos situation yeah. because the Morelos situation everybody was talking about Morelos should be in Morelos and Cholak just kept getting on scoring goals, scoring goals in difficult timing he worked really hard I thought he led the line very well and I thought Cholak and we kept saying it the boy last night Arfield we said they were probably their best two finishers at this minute in time. We keep going back to saying that. So I don't see Rangers week in, week out. You know what my thoughts on Morelis' professionalism. That's the biggest thing for me. He said enough chances for me if I was at Rangers Football Club. And then that's how I, he wouldn't be there if it was part of me. But, but are you going to get the money that they were talking about before? I don't think so. Paul, is he your best ever super sub? Scott Arfield, what would you say? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, right? You, well, it's alright saying it now, but I was in the middle of texting my mate, <laughs> and I said, "Great, great guy to bring on." He said, "He always pops up with a goal here or there." Yeah. Literally, when I, when I texted, that he scored the goal. Uh, <laughs> but listen, just uh, he's just outstanding. He's just, uh, you no, know, I would definitely sign up Arfield in another contract. I think he gets it, Paul. He gets the club. He definitely understands Aye. the demands and the expectations of the club. And, and for me, 34, granted, I'll tell you, he's still got another few years left. Maybe he couldn't play every single yeah. game. But you know what? He's a brilliant player to have around about the squad for me. Would you play him as a false nine, maybe? Yeah, well, that's what he gives yeah. you now, didn't he, Barry? Yeah. Because you, mm -hmm. if people are playing with one striker, it's completely different. We used to play with two strikers sure. and whatever. Yeah. But you need a goal-scoring threat. Yeah. He's the biggest threat they have. You know, so he can help you out in the middle of the pitch, but still gives you the numbers mm -hmm. in there if you want to play with your two wingers or whatever way you want to play. It gives you that threat. And the thing is, he's willing to run. He's willing to run both ways. He'll help you out defensively. But more importantly, when the ball goes in the box, who's the closest to the striker or beyond the striker is Scott Arfield every time you see Rangers play. And he's a big personality as well. You see that. You see the players, like the fans have yeah. talked to him. Salute. He, and to be honest with you, he did 
the, the quadruple substitution did make a, a difference after about 10 minutes when, once they settled into the game. But Scotty Arfield, he was the one that was making their runs and causing Aberdeen problems. So, Barry's smiling tonight. Peter, will you be smiling tomorrow night? We'll talk Celtic Livingston next and more from Petaudry last night. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show. It's a, it's a good week, isn't it? With so much football on with the World Cup final. And Peter, I think we're going to speak to you shortly about Scaloni, Lionel Scaloni, one of your players at West Ham. And uh, you're getting him on the line now. <laughs> Just get him on the line. I think he's still celebrating, I think. You know what I mean? Well, he won't <laughs> be the first one to come on half cut. How did you feel? About... I was absolutely delighted for him, you know, because I was watching it and obviously with the cup final we lost, we drew 3-3 with Liverpool and Lionel was playing in it, obviously, and it went to penalty kicks. 2006. So it goes to 3-3 the other evening there, penalty kicks, and I'm thinking, oh, no, not again. You know, so absolutely delighted for him. I could see the emotion, obviously, which was massive and... It's a fantastic, imagine the leader of your team to win the World Cup, you know, champions. But he was always studious of the game. He was always wanting to know what was going on. His English was very good, you know. He'd played in Spain, obviously, a little bit before he came to us. For six months, I think he was with us. But a fantastic boy who wanted to learn the game and was a very, very good, typical Argentinian. Yeah. Wanted to play and yeah. wanted to train well. And every day they trained the way they played. So thoroughly delighted for him. Barry, you must have played against them. You would have. You're the same kind of ages. Think you, maybe you a bit younger. Yeah. Think you're 44, what? you're only 43, you're just a youngster. No, but 44. You're about the same, about <laughs> the same age so. anyway. But imagine winning the World Cup. Listen, I, yeah. what an achievement. I just loved the game. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I've not spoke to Granite about it. I just no. thought it was, in my lifetime, I watch all sorts of football. That had everything that had, for me, the two of the best players at this mm-hmm. moment in time in the world. The quality of football, there was incidents, there was goals, it was jam-packed and it was just a phenomenal game to watch. And the referee was even good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you put yeah. the put the call for the dive in the box. It was an unbelievable call. Unbelievable. He, he didn't even go to Vardy, no. he just knew. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. You know? I see Mbappe's back at training today at PSG. Mm. Now, is that not phenomenal, Barry? Yeah, but it just tells you what what, yeah. what type of guy he is. He's, he loves his football. I, I seen that on Sky. Yeah. Getting back in the day he, he train. You think he would get a wee break for mm. a week or ten days, but no, he's wanting to get back in and, and get in about it again and get ready for PSG. Peter, that's the kind of attitude that you know you you guys you had that. You, people, I think, you want I think, to play football. I think people would tell you you know after disappointment or even success because when it's success you think well I don't want to get carried away with it too much mm. so we've got to make sure I keep to that level. And disappointment, you want it out the road. So people always just say, I wish there was a game tomorrow. And probably that's the way the, the boy's feeling, you know. I mean, he, he was exceptional. I, I, absolutely exceptional. You say the first half, you never seen him. But it just it shows you these top, top quality players, what they can do, how they can achieve. The goal he scored, he's not going to get the credit of volley. Mm. You know, but the header, the one-two with the header, his header, his first header was brilliant. And then to go and receive it and then finish it the way he did. But it, these, that's why they're at a different level, if you understand. But it's great sure. to watch. As Barry says, probably the best game, or definitely the best World Cup fame I've ever seen. And what can you say about Lionel Messi that hasn't been said? Nothing. Just mm. As I said, I was fortunate enough to see Maradona playing as mm. well. Maradona played in a time as people talk about when you used to kick your lumps out and stop you playing, really, more than anything else. But Lionel Messi has been unbelievable. I was fortunate enough to see him in the Champions League final against Manchester United at Wembley. He was, it was the best club performance I'd seen by Barcelona that evening and he was obviously the main instigator in that particular match with all the superstars round about him 
But you just get this wonderful moment. People say he doesn't run, but look at the goal that went over the line. He was the only one that follows it in. He's two yards out, but he said he doesn't run. You know, and you're thinking, well, it's just he's, he knows where things are going to be. He knows where, th and he says, and he says himself, the game's instinctive to him. He doesn't think about what's going to happen. He thinks what's happening. He just adjusts on in the moment. But by God, he doesn't have. At 35 years old, that late in the game, extra time. Where did he find that energy? But it's going to pay off. He's one Shows of the you how he looks after he's yeah. Paul. Yep. He's the ultimate professional. Mm. And I keep saying this, what I love about Messi, it's not just what he does on a football pitch. Off it, you hear nothing. Strikes me as a proper family man. Doesn't he like the limelight? Goes, trains hard, probably just goes back and spends time with his family. And for young people, boys and girls listening, he's a role model, isn't he? And, and everything. We can't be a Lino Messi, but give your best. Yeah, but everything yeah. he's done, people say he wasn't big enough, he wasn't strong enough. And that's the thing for me, it lets you know when you talk about these best players, you're talking about your Maradonas, mm. your Messi's. It's not about being six foot four, athletic as in the way they are. It's having that mentality and that strength, that inner strength, and getting the maximum. Because you look at me, he's as strong as a bull because players are kicking him and whatever. Mm. He gets up, never moans, gets on me. The most, don't get me wrong, the most I've seen him moan him was in this World Cup, yeah. but the referees uh. never be chirping him there and whatever. And hit the Louis Van Gaal scenario. So it shows you he's got a different side to him as well. You know, but as a side that you like to see because that fired the rest of his teammates and his teammates were so desperate to win for him. You could see that. Yeah. And that tells you about sort of characters were probably around about the dressing room. See, they had to airlift them off the coach. People were jumping off uh, <laughs> flyovers. <laughs> you know the funny the thing? I was laughing at Paul. I know it sounds crazy. It was yeah. McAllister's interview when he was yeah. talking about people called him Ginger. Mm. You know, yeah, so they were called sure. him Ginger. And he he realised, Messi realised he didn't like it. And he told the rest of the boys to stop calling him Ginger. And that was he it. He said, they never ever yep. called me again. For sure. You know, that shows you the power, you know, yeah. you have in a dressing room, because you know what it's like in your dressing room, that had continued, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But Messi had that power, you know, to make sure. But that's the way they galvanised each other, and great credit, and as you say, the other line of Scaloni, so it was fantastic for him. And yeah. Peter, this is the first night this week, that we, I don't want to make you feel bad, but that we've, uh, it's Monday night, Barry, who played against Lionel Messi, and last night, John Hartson was up against them, although Messi stayed on the bench when Celtic played them against Barcelona in 2004. But you've not topped it, but you've also just about equaled it, given that you were coaching Scaloni, yeah, Argentine right. coach. Get no. that in your CV. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll learn anything. Right. <laughs> you can join the conversation. You can speak to Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson. Rangers winning 3-2 last night. Celtic in action tonight. Wishlist, Paul, oh. great call there just before the break. And Paul said his wishlist for Christmas. Uh, Barry, I'm going to ask you, what's yours for Rangers? And Peter, for you with Celtic. But two quick clips from the managers first. This is Michael Beale after the win last night. I see a group that isn't the most confident at the moment. The last two wins hopefully give them that. That's against third and fourth in the league. Away here is a difficult game. It was a difficult evening. I thought they, they stuck together and, and they got over the line. And the two-goal hero for Rangers in the 95th and the 97th minute. Yeah, we can tell we've just had the World Cup timings. It's Scott Arfield. That's exactly what it was. Just trying to catch my breath a bit here. Um, here, the last 20 minutes, you know, we can see the goal and then we have to go right at it. Big mentality week, two tough away fixtures. It was important we started in the right note, so to get the three points was, was huge. Is there a better super sub than him? And should he start for Rangers? 0808 17 17 700. For Celtic fans, you're in action tonight, 7.45 kickoff at home to Livingston. Uh, yesterday, the manager, Ange Postacoglu, was asked about transfer speculation. Obviously, Juranovic featuring, Gikomakis has been spoken about. What did he have to say? You know, again, like... You know, all this speculation. Well, I can tell you right now, we don't have an offer for any player. 
So, you know, people can talk about offers and clubs wanting, but I can't spend my time chasing shadows of what's in the press every morning because I'd be spending my whole day talking to players. Uh, as I keep saying to people, what I see is what's before me every day here at training. Um, if there's an issue or if people, if players <coughs> have things um, um, put in front of them about their future, I'm sure they'll come and see me and Michael will speak to their representatives. But right now, there's nothing, zero, zip, nada. Peter, what's the latest? What do you think? So what about, what about Jukamakis? What's going to happen with him? As I said last week, Paul, I hope he stays because I think he's something different. Well, I know he's something different for Kyogo in the respect of that. And I don't think defenders like playing against him, but also he scores goals, you know, and he gives Celtic a, a different target to play with up front. You know, he, he, he scores different types of goals. I know he's a big lad, but you'd think, well, he's going to go to the back post all the time, but he goes across the front post. You know, he links play well, you know, and He's got a great desire. You can see him when they don't cross the ball at times and they do cutbacks, he goes crazy. And I've always said that when he's in the team, put the early crosses in because he gets across defenders exceptionally well. I hope that obviously stays for a longer time, not even just to the summertime, for a longer time because I think they're difficult to get. You know, they're difficult to get. When you've got one like that, you've got to try and keep on to him. So I'm hoping he stays. Who would you play tonight from the start? Kyogo or Gigi? Well, obviously, I don't train them. You know what I mean? So I think it's always difficult when you always have a. I know why the manager plays different types. He wants maybe to start fast. He knows they're going to probably play deep Livingston, so he wants Kyogo probably, so he goes and closes the goalkeeper in the back line down because he does that at pace. He does that exceptionally well. You can see that's what happened with Mieda with Japan in the World mm -hmm. Cup. So they're that type of player and probably Jack and Macus is not as quick at doing that, but he can do it. But I, th I, see, I, th I think he will start with Kyogo. I think that's who he'll start with, as you say, but... I wouldn't bother me who they started with. As I say, when people say Jack and Marcus is starting, I'm, I'm comfortable with that in any shape or form anyway. Barry, for Celtic tonight, who would you start? Um, well, first, I'm the, the opposite of Granny. I hope he does go <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Marcus because he, he's grew on me. I wasn't too sure of him, I'm being honest, when he came. But that was due to a lack of pre-season and he was chasing his, his fitness. But one thing is, he, he's, a, he's a major headache for defenders. Um, big physical and listen he does the hardest thing in the game he puts the ball in the back of the net and I, I do now I've, I've kind of switched that I think Celtic actually look better with Yakimakis up top I do but Kyogo you can't deny that he's been a, a brilliant player for Celtic with some of the performances the goals but um, listen if Kyogo players are still going to be strong if Yakimakis plays Celtic are still going to be strong Christmas wish list then Peter what would you like to see for Celtic? Win the league. <laughs> That's always the one, you know, win the league. But I think that the wish list, it's always difficult. You know, you, if you keep everybody fit, I think it's a very difficult window, as we've spoke about, Paul. If Celtic go through the window without bringing anyone in, I know they've taken the right back in, Johnson, whatever. They've taken the left-sided centre-back in. I know they've done that, and we've always said that, about having a natural balance at the back. If that's, and I know the manager's probably saying that he's probably not ready for right away, you know. So... I think they've got enough balance here. I think they needed that there. If you, you're at, you've got Callum back now, if Callum wasn't fit, you'd be thinking, well, maybe that's an area, but Moy's done exceptionally well. The striker position, as I say, because you play with that one striker, do you need a third one? Unless it's something you're looking at that you think well, we'll bring in and it's maybe for next year, if we're going to lose one of the strikers, you know, you maybe bring, get a chance to bring someone in just now. Um, that's maybe the only way. But apart from that, I'd be quite comfortable. I'm I'm not too bothered if they don't do much in the window as long as they keep everybody fit. 
And what's the latest, do you think, on Juranovic, Peter? Price-wise, we were around £20 million yesterday. People are saying, you know, Man United, Roma, Torino. Uh, there's well, more. Barcelona well, what, was well, the latest. What's Celtic about wanting is all these clubs to be yeah. interested because that pushes the price up, obviously. Well, that, that's what you're wanting. It's very difficult, Paul. It's what people are willing to pay. I think last year you've seen, you know, with Rangers, with Bassi yeah. and whatever, all of a sudden they do exceptionally well. His best performance, I say, was against Brazil. He was outstanding. And the next game, he was disappointed. But I don't know if it was just tactically or he was just tired or he was doing a different tactical job. But if he'd have played the same way in the Brazil game and the next game, when, it, when I thought it was actually easier for him, I thought there was more space for him going forward especially. And I thought, the world's his oyster because his performance was unbelievable against top, top quality players. And then... It's up to the clubs then to go and fight it. Celtic have been sitting there rubbing their hands thinking, sure. you're beauty. There's five or six top clubs coming in for you. And that's all the boys done. Everybody talks about him still. Everybody was talking about maybe being in the team, one of the teams of the tournament as a fullback as well. So yeah. that's all you can ask for. And it's fantastic for the Scottish game that these boys are playing the Scottish game. That's what we said. We said that about Barisic. Mm -hmm. It was sure. great that unfortunately he didn't play in the game. But we're saying that about Barisic and that playing in the same games. So Peter, you've managed in the biggest, the most lucrative league in the world. How much would you pay? For Juranovic just now, would twenty million sound about right? Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah, you would because right backs are very difficult, sure. and it's a big part of the game now because sometimes they become your playmakers because the, the game's so mm. tight in the middle of the pitch, and you've got to get your full backs forward. Barry, what's your latest estimation of Juranovic? How much? Well, if I was a manager in the Premier League, I wouldn't give Celtic the money. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm only kidding. Yeah, I, no, yeah. listen, he's he's impressed me big time. Uh, domestically as mm -hmm. I said in the World Cup had a very good World Cup and listen it's got it depends on how many clubs are going to be coming in it's going to be a bidding war then that benefits Celtic at this moment in time you've got, I mean, you look at the players that move even for the championship down yeah, in England so listen it's a hazard I guess in between 15 and 20 million quid probably but that's a brilliant return and a player they spent £2 million on sure. 18 months ago. Because the biggest in Scotland was Kieran Tierney, wasn't it? Three years ago, £25 mm -hmm. million. Calvin Bassey, £20 million. Yep. Moussa Dembele, £18 million. Yeah, but you're talking about a fullback. Yeah, I know. You know, you're not talking yep. about a goal scorer. Sure. You know, you're talking about that's two fullbacks. You're talking about a right back and a left back from Celtic. You know, if you go for that amount of money, you're talking nearly £50 million if I'd done for two fullbacks. That'd be incredible, actually. Barry, we're going to get your Christmas list for Rangers, what mm. they need. That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Football night after night, Aberdeen 2, Rangers 3 last night after 98 minutes play. It was uh, Sakala who scored for Rangers first, Duke equalised for the Dons 1-1 for a long time and then 2-1 pitch of a goal from Leighton Clarkson brilliantly taken one touch and then he played it in past the goalkeeper didn't have a chance or did he? Could the keeper have done anything I on that one? I think will be disappointed That one as well? Yep. Yeah what, The the free oh, kick? Uh, no, the second one, the yeah, second that, one It was magnificent no, strike it's a, it's a great yeah. strike but I think yeah. the first one by, by sure. Griggs he'll be, um, he'll be uh, disappointed and then into Willie Collum said seven minutes extra time or injury time the 95th minute Sakala plays it through um, Morellas played well Kent with a shot the keeper spilled it and the keeper looked good didn't he Peter uh, Kel Roos has done yeah, well yeah he done but well was... but then the, the, the one error but there's only one guy falling in yep. you know that the defender doesn't follow in I think the defence was too, I know the big boy Stuart from Wickham and they played really deep 
always. Right. But if you watch him in the game, he's they've got to squeeze out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's defenders. Barry will tell you the amount of times you do coach when the ball goes back, you move up. They didn't move. They went in the opposite direction. So they were only about eight yards out if they were lucky. So when the ball comes off the keeper, there was only one guy reaction, and it was a defender. It wasn't a defender. It was a forward, and Scott Arfield and got his just rewards. And 2 2 at that point, Barry, you must have thought, well, relief. Rangers come down the road. That's still with a point. point. Yeah. Nah, still a point no. for me is not enough. Um, but then you, you, you live in hope, don't you? And they, they pressed. And um, it was uh, when it came to Connor Golson, I thought, oh, that's it. Then obviously Scotty Arfield. And that's the only thing if you watch it, if he doesn't hit that into the ground, it's not a goal. The goalkeeper, you see him diving low, he's going to save that. But listen, Scott Arfield, he pops up at the right time. Did he do that on purpose, do you think? The way he hit it? Or I don't know. Listen, I'll, I'll take the call anyway, whatever way it hits the net. Who, who cares? Yeah. Um, but again, that's what Scotty brings to, to the Rangers team. And it was interesting to hear Michael Beale after it that Scott Arfield should be disappointed that he's not starting, or sorry, he's not started the last couple of games. So don't be surprised if Scott Arfield starts and on Friday night but the different it is Paul with that you have Tillman who's got very good feet fantastic feet he's got you know but you're either going to have a playmaker or a goal threat what do you want and that's sometimes the conundrum the manager has you want somebody setting up chances or somebody that's going to go on the end of the ball coming in the box or something that's going to drop about and you've got that threat at this moment in time I think Rangers need the threat the goal scorer they need that extra goal scorer because they don't have that in their centre forward at this moment in time Jolak's not available and Morelos looked short. He'd won effort last night. I know he had a hand in the first goal, but he'd won effort that Roos saved. Um, so you've got to have that goal from somewhere. And I think out of them all, if you look through the full squad that's available at this moment in time, the guy behind Cholak with a goal threat is Scott Arfield. Watch Scott Arfield. Sometimes he, he doesn't get involved in the game for about five, six, seven minutes, but he's always drifting. He's always looking for that area to go and attack. Um, go beyond the, the, the striker and as I said I, I think it's a dying breed with midfielders now you don't see um, you, well you see very few midfielders they all want to come and link up and lay the ball off mm. and look the part and that, that, that's great but there's still a place in the game for somebody to go and it was the most difficult as you know yourself horrible I, as a that horrible. deeper one at times and you see someone running off you I used to know then who I was playing against if I was playing against a Scott Arfield I'd have gave him about 10 yards in front of me mm -hmm. so I could see him because I know as soon as he's up close to me, if I turn my and take my off to look over where the ball is, he's off. And all of a sudden I'm chasing him and at the box and that's what I don't want to be doing. So I'd like to keep him further away from me. I'd no care, no okay, get the ball at your feet and then I'll come. But I'm not letting you run by me. That's for sure. And you can see that last night a couple of times he ran. If you watch back that period, he's made a four or five great runs in the box, not picked up. Or he's made a central defender adjust or a fullback adjust to create space for someone else just for his movement off the ball. Let's hear from the manager after that 3-2 win for Rangers. Delighted with the result, obviously. I would say it was probably 10 out of 10 for character and mentality. 5 out of 10 for performance. That's interesting, Barry, isn't it? 10 out of 10 for, you know, the attitude. He's been honest. The, yeah. yeah he's, he's been honest. I, I can't disagree with him there. The, the, the performance. I thought the first half, they were, they were pretty dominant, as I said. The second half, they were really poor. They looked anxious. They looked nervy. Which is strange, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, it's still one each, you've got 45 minutes going. I, I really expected Rangers to come flying, but credit to Aberdeen, you've got to give them a bit of credit. They obviously came, they deserved to take the lead, no doubt about it. They were the better team up to the, what was it, the 58th, 59th minute when they scored. And then even 10 minutes after that, Rangers made the, uh, at 60 minutes, Rangers made the quadruple 
substitution. Yeah. Aberdeen were still on top and then they started to warm up in the game and that's when Scotty Arfield started to make the, the runs. And in the end, Rangers were, were, were pressing for a goal but it, it never looked like they were going to get one. Um, well, the interesting thing is, Baz, talking about goals earlier, it was him that kept passing the ball out the pitch mm -hmm. at that period. He looked mm -hmm. the most anxious out of them all. Yeah. You know, I think it's a bit of tiredness as well. Yeah, but you know what I'm played. saying? So when he's talking about criticism of the manager and saying we wouldn't have right. had that, right. and I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. Look at your own performances. You know what I mean? That's what you've always yeah. got to do first before you critical anything else. Look at your own performance. And if you can put your hand up and say, well, I gave everything. You know, if a manager would have said to me, you were hopeless today, your passing was rubbish, you were caught in possession. If he'd ever said to me, I wasn't trying, I'd have ripped a building down. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was trying, but maybe wasn't good enough on that particular day. You know, put something on it. He kept giving the ball away, kept knocking out to play when Rangers were trying to get in the ascendancy. And Aberdeen get deeper. It's not the fact to get deeper. We've all been there. You know what it's like when you're trying to hold on. If had the disappointment of the weekend, losing the yep. goal so late. And it's okay, I was saying, well, they should have pressed further up the pitch and made maybe Alan McGregor kick the ball from his hands because it's easy to defend that. But I've known the boy Stuart, as I say, for a long, long time. Mm. And he's always played deep, well, because Wickham played that way. They played very deep and said, well, go on, you just kick it and I'll wheel head it away. But unfortunately, last night, that didn't happen for them. We just actually, with yeah. Aberdeen scoring the second goal, that made Michael Beale make that substitution. I think it would, if it went one each and it kept going, I don't think the substitutions really would yeah. have been made. Going that, that goal down, that's obviously he's thought to himself, I need to go and do something here, I need to go and shake this up a wee bit. And credit to Michael Beale, he, he went and done that and um, obviously one of the substitutions won the game for him. What do you think? You can call in the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 and we're on the socials at Go Football Show. Peter, I'm just looking at the date, just over a month ago during the World Cup break, you said you thought that was it, you know, yep. Celtic could not be caught and that's still how you feel. Yep. Six points in it, Celtic with the game in hand. Barry, um, after last night, have you got your list then for Rangers? Paul, the caller yeah, was asking I'm, earlier. All I'm asking is for a fest of nine points, Santa Claus. That's <laughs> and how, that's what I'm and how are you going to deliver it? What do you need? <laughs> well, we first and foremost. Yeah. Um, are you counting these first six you've already had? Uh, no, no, I'm counting Ross <laughs> County, Motherwell, Celtic, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but listen, January's going to be a big one. But granted, it's a, it's a difficult one. If you're going to sign players, it's either they're coming out of contract, they're out of forum at the club, or um, Otherwise, it's going to be hard for him in January. I think summer's going to be the big one for him. But listen, I'm looking short term. Short term for me, mm -hmm. over the festive period, get maximum points. But have you got a wish list for January for the board? What would you say? Yeah, yeah write my big fat check. Mm -hmm. Please. To, to strengthen where? All over the pitch. Yeah. I, I think if you look at um, <clears throat> what Michael Beals said, he wants competition for places. Nobody's guaranteed to play. And I don't think Rangers have got that all over the pitch. I think it's all ideal to have two players for each position. A bit of fight in the, in the team in terms of you need to fight for your position. I just think some players are, no, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but they look like they're going to play every single week. So nine points and a check for Michael Beale to go and make a few good signings. And I heard you on the programme on Monday night and I took from it that you said about Ryan Kent to do something special last night but also you suggested maybe there'll be a contract for him. It's not over yet for yeah, Ryan for, Kent. For me, he's Rangers' best player. And it could Ryan be what, Kent. a short-term contract? No, maybe? no, no a short-term. I, I, I think it's like every player they've got ambition to play at the highest level and that's obviously English Premier League mm. which is the best league in the world. I think it's key that they keep Ryan Kent, especially the way they're playing. I just love this role that he's got. He's roaming everywhere. He's picking up brilliant areas in the pitch. He's looking really dangerous. 
Previous to that, the way that Gio played was he liked his two wingers hugging the touchline. The way that Michael Beale's playing is there's a lot of interchanging and I just it's freed him up a bit and he looks um he looks if he's he's enjoying it. And um I, I seen bits last night where he he looked in top form last night. He looked um if he could open the, the Aberdeen defence and certainly he'd done that with the, the shot. The goalkeepers made the mistake, no doubt about it. But um I thought Ryan Kent was was exceptional, certainly in the first half last night. Peter, what would you do if you were Rangers? You've always the question mark has always been the same with him. If he performs, I keep going back to the one game that I felt he was brilliant in. It was a Dortmund game. I keep saying it, both in and out of possession. Mm. He can't pick and choose. That's all Barry's right. He gave him that freedom. But within the freedom of the game, that, that's fine when you've got possession of the ball. You can always have that freedom to go and express yourself because that's the type of player you've got. I mean, you were talking about Argentina, you were talking about Messi. Yeah. Scaloni was asked the question. Messi's not done much, he doesn't run, why didn't you take him off late in the game because you were winning with X, Y? He said, the only time he'll come off the pitch is when he wants to come off. Mm. And that's how important he is. Ryan Kent should be that for Rangers in the respect of, because he's that type of player for them that can be their match winner, you know, in the Scottish Premier League. But he's not, he's not been it often enough. Who's to blame for that? Is it systems? We can say, all say that. You know, we can blame the ex-manager, we all say that. But at the end of the day, Barry had a pride in his uh, his job playing for Rangers I had it for Celtic whether you play good bad or indifferent it was down to your performance trying to get better and better and better you owe that yourself you know it, maybe they slightly change because when I'm looking at it last night is he playing with Morelles up playing with Kent in a little bit Sakala in a little bit playing with three defenders but, uh, three central midfielders behind him you know that sort of area of the pitch you're thinking is that the way they're trying to play and then he changes it later on because he's got to go wide then so in that forward area He's expected to create that little bit of magic. He's not done it often enough. He's not done it often enough. Maybe Michael Bailey's known him a long time, can get something different from him. But I think the player owes that as well. You know, it's not just down to the manager. That freedom he's got to express, but I'll go and prove that. I think if you want to give Ryan Kent a bit of freedom, what it looks to me that Michael Bale does, and Tillman, you've got to have discipline behind that. Yeah. I watched the Hibs game and that's what I says. That was glaring at me that that first half. Everybody was just a way forward, the left to the two centre-backs vulnerable all the time he changed it to be fair to him in the second half Ryan Jack anchoring a wee bit more same way um, Kamara and then last night you seen it Ryan Jack no moving no moving out of his position if you're going to allow people with that bit of freedom you've got to have discipline behind it so for Dingwall on Friday then Barry do you think Goldson and Davies Ben Davies would line yeah. up together yeah. ideally yeah. 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 for me it's a no-brainer do you feel for Lindstrom a bit that he's been moved about? He was on the bench then last night. Were you surprised? Um, yeah, look, I, I like Lindstrom. As I said, I yeah. think he's been good. Look, he had a difficult time against yeah. Hibs. Um, but again, he's out playing, of position. Yeah, he's, he's playing out of position. I thought he was left wide open in, in, in the first half. What, what never helped him. Um, but he came on last night and he, he, he did okay. Um, but I, I do I, I think Lundstrom's a good midfielder whether he starts with him or no but the centre defence is a key area for Rangers now I think Goldstein and Davis are the two that you've got to play good bit of experience but also Davis brings you a bit of balance with that, that left side Lundstrom is an interesting one for me he looked anxious when he came on last night as if he's trying to prove a point mm -hmm. to someone who didn't fancy him when he was there previous and he got involved didn't he remember yeah, when the he was looking on, and, he was looking yeah. on to be sent off yeah. actually you know what I mean but as I say I can understand that frustration but he feels as if he's got to prove a point you know and that's the way he played he didn't play like that last season and that, he looks as if he's a frustrated player and he's a good player 
you know. Um, but he looked really frustrating. He's got to be careful that that doesn't take over, that he's trying to prove to the manager because he's another one that could end up then getting a silly yellow card, red card or whatever, which could have happened last last evening. But I think he, he's someone, you, you look at that strength and that power, he could be a big player for Rangers. That's the first hour has come and gone. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. We'll be winding up towards the Celtic game. Peter Grant's going to give us his team, I think, in a few moments after the news. And Barry speaking more about Celtic and also Rangers after that uh, result last night. 3-2, six points in it. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, go. Table looks like this tonight. Celtic after 16 games on 45 points, 16 goals better than Rangers, who after 17 games are in 39. Could that have been a crucial few moments last night when it went to 98 minutes? The referee for Rangers against Celtic in a well, Barry, it's only a week and a bit's time, and we'll be in here. You, me, and John Hartson. The referee John Beaton and on VAR Willie Collum. What do you think, Barry? John I'm Beaton. just concentrating on the games that are uh, coming up. The first uh, games, Ross County and Friday night. We'll deal with deal okay. for yeah. next week, please. <laughs> let me sell, Let me enjoy Christmas first. Does it matter, Peter? Of you, any of you? I see that's one of the news headlines today. It's going to be John Beaton in charge. It's, and it's not really, is it? Well, it's VAR. Uh, it's that's who's in charge. As Willie Collum, then. Oh, but as yeah. I'm saying, VAR's in yeah. charge now because okay. you, you can make an error, you get away with it. As I said to you, the question up here will be. 98 minutes now, we used to say 95 minutes yeah. or 94 minutes. 98 minutes, if there's a big call to be made, it's got to be changed and you're running over at Ibrox or Celtic Park to make a decision in front of a camera. That'll be interesting. Can, can I just say the game yeah. last night, some of the decisions taking far too long yeah. and I thought Andy Walker in commentary was spot on. Just go on, mate. They're taking far like, two or three minutes for a decision when you watch it, you watch it in real speed, and you're thinking, ah, it's a foul. Just go on, mate. They're looking to to go and look at VAR or, or whatever. But I thought Andy Walker last night was spot on in a couple of the the decisions that were taking far too long. But thank God they went far too long. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That, but that that's the thing. But I would I was always led to believe that VAR would make the decision then. Yeah. So instead of me shouting to you, Paul, Paul, come over and have a look at this. Mm. Paul, it's a penalty. Yep. That takes all that time away. Yep. You know, because if he's a, a qualified referee up above, as well as is, obviously, mm. well, he can say, John, it's a penalty kick. And then, if John gives it and then realises after it's not a penalty kick, then that's when it, we talk about the referees being allowed to speak. You know, because instead of getting frustrated with him, as I do week in, week out, because I see some horrendous performances, as I've said to you, and now they get away with it because they can make the wrong decision and all of a sudden they're going to blame VAR. I'm going, no, no, you've made the decision. And that's we're talking the World Cup final, where the referee made an unbelievable call and didn't need to go to VAR, you know, uh, for the dive. I think it was Turam. You know, and I think there's still a place in it for you making that decision, right or wrongly, and you have to make that decision. Celtic in action tonight, 7.45 kick-off. Celtic against Livingston. Be a huge crowd under the lights at Celtic Park. Any injury update? This was the manager. He's speaking first of all about Haksabanovic. Yeah, science back, so he's, he's good. And uh, everyone got through the weekend... Uh... Oh well, so um, in terms of uh, obviously <coughs> uh, James McCarthy um, still out and uh, and Welshie who's is probably another couple of weeks away, but uh, and obviously Yossip's away, but uh, out of the weekend Sayad's uh, back trained the last couple of days and uh, fit and available. Peter, I know you don't see them in training, but how do you expect Celtic uh, the line up for tonight? I think he'll probably go back to. Uh, 
the strongest lineup probably had last year. I thought I thought his team was probably when you looked at it, apart from maybe the Tony Rawson's position, which he'd done very well last mm-hmm. year. I would think he'll go with Hart, Rawson, Carter, Vickers, Starfield, and Taylor. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, and I think he'll go Abada, Kyogo, and Jota because I think he'll, he want to start the game quick. You know, these guys, Jota uh, and Abada, I really like Abada as a young player, you know. He gets in, he's a goal threat coming in for the side of the pitch. And if Livingston like to defend narrow, you know, and he's got that quality coming in for the wide areas to put a goal threat in there, and I think he may start with Abada. He, he made a big difference for Celtic up at Petodre on Saturday yeah. when he came on in the second half. Yeah, um, I think he's got is more of a straight line. Yeah. Up and down, Abada comes inside, can go outside. Um, and Listen, Celtic were dominant the full game. But I thought Abada gave him that bit extra, certainly in the in the second half. Here's Ange Postacoglu speaking about Livingston and David Martindale. Yeah, David's one that that yeah, does put a lot of research into into what teams they're playing. Um, although he's another one that tends tends to talk about the two of us rather than me singularly. Um, so um, it, and it's always a, a difficult challenge because um, the thing with with Livingston is that you know that kind of irrespective of who they play against, they have a certain style and they stick to it and it's difficult to play against, which um, which gives them some sort of certainty going into every game because if you if you kind of chop and change every week, it it, it can put players in, in that little bit of area of uncertainty if things don't go well. But, you know, we've played them a few times now. As I said, it's a different challenge at home to away. Tomorrow it's, it's at Celtic Park, you know, where we can do certain things that are difficult for us to do on their turf. But... Um, It'll be a good challenge for us. Um, obviously, their game got cancelled on the weekend, so <coughs> yeah, they're coming off a, a pretty long break, and yeah, you know, they can work one or two ways. You know, they're going to have a hell of a lot of energy, and we're going to have to expect that early on. Or if they're not quite at it early on, then we can take advantage of it. Peter, a lot in there. What about the lineup? Did you hear anything there that would uh, make no, you change your team? I just think the, the Celtic don't change much, and I, I, that, I think that's the point of mine. Everybody's going to help in this Celtic Rangers thing with what he's talking about. I think the more he's talking about in the respect of two different teams, in the respect of the two different ways of playing, two different styles. So I can understand exactly what they're saying, but I understand what the other managers are saying when they're talking about if you get points off a Rangers and a Celtic. Mm. There's still massive points for you, you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. It's very, very difficult then to separate them that way. But I understand what the manager's saying. You'd be lining up against Rangers completely different you'd be lining up against Celtic in the respect of that because you have to prepare differently because Celtic do different things to Rangers do. Barry, here's what he said overall about this, about the other managers and the media too. Not really, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I you know, I don't see any issue with... Yeah, you know, I assume... You know, Jim set up his team on the weekend to try and get a result against us. And I think every manager tries to do that. Um, I don't have any real issue with it or, or, or sort of from our perspective how it affects us. I mean, I, the curious thing I find, and it's it's driven, I guess, a little bit by you guys in the media, but also, you know, I hear opposition coaches and, and opposition players before we, we play them and they can't seem to differentiate between us and Rangers at all. It's almost like when you play the top two, this is what happens. And I don't get that because if I referred to all the other teams apart from Rangers as the other 10 and that, you know what, when we play the other 10, this is what happens. I'm not paying respect to the fact that, you know what, Livingston are going to be a different challenge tomorrow to St. Johnson on the weekend. Um, different, even though they may play defensively, different ways they do that. Um, playing them home is different to playing them away. Um, so we kind of approach every game as if it's 
you know, it's like a a jumps race in in in, in racing. You know, you, you respect every hurdle. You don't just because you're a few lengths in front. You don't sort of look around and, and not worry about the next one. So um, that's a bit I find sort of curious. And they also bring a historical context. It just makes the task seem insurmountable because you're going, you know, when you play the top two, this has always happened. You know, I'm going, well, you're not playing the top two. You're playing Rangers or you're playing Celtic and you're playing them home and maybe they've got injuries this week or maybe they've had a bad week the week before or maybe they're coming off. So that's the kind of questioning that should be happening to managers. And I think... Like I said, I think the managers and some players fall into the trap of just answering those questions because that's the way they're put to them. So that's where I think, you know, I, 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 I struggle with it a little bit, not so much the tactics. The tactics, well, you know what, we all have our own way of methodology of doing things. Barry Ferguson, you've lived most of your football life in the cauldron of the of the big mm -hmm. two. What do you think of Ange Postacoglu's comments? I don't even know why we're, we're bothering about, you know, about what... Postacoglu is saying here listen if, I, if I'm a coach of a team I'm setting up totally different if I'm playing Celtic to my, if I'm playing Rangers and that's what he's saying you started the year up against Celtic when yeah you and we had to play a, yeah. a certain way because their full backs come inside and they keep the two wide boys on the touchline um, so he and Rangers are the total opposite of that so that, that, that's what he's um, that's what he's going on about but I'm not getting yeah. too much in no. it listen <laughs> at the end of the day he's got his feelings on it um, and listen one thing about Celtic is they play a certain way and it's difficult to, to stop them Aberdeen I thought Jim came in for a, a fair bit of unfair criticism if I'm being honest with you because I think if he opened up against Celtic it could have been um, a right few goals I thought he got to 87 minutes and he was close to getting a point off them um, and it took a great strike for Callum McGregor but listen if you play against either Celtic or Rangers are totally different ways of playing and they're totally different ways of setting up against them. I think he was also maybe saying, Peter, to the media, to all of us, you know, almost do your homework. You know, but direct your question to ask me a question about Celtic against whoever it is, Livingston this week or, you know, Aberdeen a few days ago. Not generalising all the time about the other 10. Or, I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. Well, you do your homework yeah. because yeah. that's part of the game. You know, you're asking the questions, you make sure you've got the right answers, make sure you're not just going along with everyone else. You know, because there is different problems for managers. I told you about when we were in Kazakhstan, I went by in an interview and he was talking and asked him about, do you know, for Kazakhstan, he says, Borat. It was just pure ignorance. Sure. Yep. You know what I mean? So instead of well, turning out and saying, oh, I don't really know much about the players, but we just had an ignorant answer back. Yeah, yep. And I was walking yeah. by at the time and these mm -hmm. boys are the same boys that write critical mm -hmm. of managers or players or whatever. Do your homework. And if somebody's, it's like everything else, if you ask me a question, I've got to listen to it and answer in a certain way. And Alan Pardew, when I was his assistant manager, Alan used to write, I used to write things down, obviously at the side of the pitch, watching the game. I would listen to what Alan was saying on the pitch or what he said in, in the dressing room to the players after him, and maybe five of the things I'd wrote down. So if he'd wrote, they said they five things to the players, he's covered that. So the only two things I need to say now. So that was important, you're listening, and I think the press don't do that. The manager's already asked the question, and you ask another silly question, and then, as you say, lumping Rangers and Celtic together, in that respect, because they have different styles, different types of players, different goal scorers, you do, and Barry's right, you mark differently. You know, it doesn't matter how defensive you are, you'll defend differently against Rangers than you will against Celtic. That's fact, you know. But Celtic defend on the front foot, high up the pitch. Aberdeen, I'm sure, but I love Jim would love to do that with Aberdeen mm -hmm. last night. He'd love to have said to the front guys, stay right up the pitch late in the game, because then Rangers can't play forward. 
But it's no easy to do that in the heat of a game. You wish you had a remote control as a manager <laughs> so you could get the players <laughs> out of the pitch, but it's no possible. But I understand there is sometimes sure. lazy questions. Yeah, and sometimes silly, of all our silly questions. Um, Barry, what's the daftest question you've ever been asked oh, in football? Yeah. You must have been. So many. I mean, we've all done. I'm trying to, to think of something. You always put this on me. Right, okay. I have a minute. think. Yeah. Exactly. Peter <laughs> I'm as well. sure it's one from you. Uh, it probably <laughs> was some of my questions when I was Scott Sport trackside or whatever. Some of the questions. I remember Gaza saying to me, don't ask me about, you know, the missus. Remember, he, he, he disappeared when the baby was born. He disappeared with Chris Evans and uh, Danny Baker. It was Pataudry. I think it was Pataudry and he was man of the match. So they say, well, it'll only come out. You can't speak about the baby. I'm sorry, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just came so, to me. I it think always it comes right. Yeah, Barry's got it. So I'll tell you that another no, time. It was after <laughs> the, we, we won the treble and yeah. remember the Dunfermline? Yeah. We had to, uh, I think it was 6-1. That's right. Um, yeah. They asked if Cosy um, Jimmy Calderwood or, or something. Uh, and do you think yeah. the, the Dunfermline players lay down? I played in the game and I knew how well Dunfermline actually did and we yeah. we were just mm. uh, we, we knew what we had to do piling forward yeah. but if I I was playing against the Dunfermline players not one stage during that 90 odd minutes did I feel any Dunfermline players stood off us or stood away from us or never got close to us or never laid a boot into us So what did you say when you were asked? I never answered it because I thought it was being disrespectful to Dunfermline Chris Sutton, I remember that day had something to say afterwards. Peter, what's the what's the daftest question? To come in here. <laughs> Be nice. I know that George Best, I mean, years ago when he went to Hibs, right? So George Best, one of the old times greats, and he was there and all the reporters apparently were there and they said, right, any questions? And the guy says, uh, George, are you full time? <laughs> Well, the best one about him is when he yeah. misworld all oh, yeah. the money and all. Indeed, yeah. Where did it go wrong? Did it go wrong? So many of you, yeah. you, I mean, if you think back, some of the stuff, especially when, like Granny's saying about with, with Scotland or with yeah. Rangers, European, you had to go past a Roy reporters and they would grab you and, and ask you, and some of the questions were, were just ridiculous at times. Oh, go back, check Young's one, it'd be. <laughs> oh, bro. So Charles, I, 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 that's right. I think uh, we've all seen that one on social media. Uh, that's yeah. the best one. You know I, what I mean? I, I or Jim McLean. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that not what you hooked a guy with? Against the, the journalist, oh, yes. uh, obviously, was a big mistake. <laughs> don't I interviewed the world snooker champion who came into Glasgow and ran into the studio. I answered the front door, I come in. Steve Davis, um, what brings you to Glasgow? And he goes, the Scottish snooker championship, maybe tomorrow. So, it was not so you're behind the black, were you? Indeed, yeah. Peter, on your wish list for Rangers, then, Barry was asking earlier, who would you have? What position for Rangers would you strengthen in January? They have to, if they're going to narrow the gap from six or nine points, what do you think you'd be doing if the money was there? They'd have to find some money. Yeah, they could be loan positions. Um, I, I think it's very, very difficult now, Paul, even with quality loans. Um, because yeah. I'm saying, we spoke about it before, you've got 25 players in each squad in the Premiership now. So if you think about the boys that's stripped and the boys that's not stripped, they're all named mm -hmm. in the Premier League squads. So if they're not named in the Premier League squads, they're all away to top quality sides abroad. So it's very, very difficult to bring that quality to your football club to make you better. I, I, that's what I genuinely think. So you're either gambling on a youngster, yeah. you know, you're gambling on a youngster. Like which, Diallo last year, yeah, sorry. Was, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, which Michael yeah. Beale probably knows because obviously the youth, and there's a lot of youth coaches that's in there, Neil Banfield that's there from Arsenal, and that, they were all involved with the youths and all that down in Arsenal. So they'll know a lot of people. 
But people maybe be surprised with the names that come up, if you understand what I'm saying. It may be not be names that's coming. It may be players that they're hoping it's going to do well and be able to do well for Rangers in a short period of time. I don't think you're going to get that quality that it's going to all of a sudden. The one thing I think they'll be wishing for, Rangers, is that the players they've not got available are available and fit. If they've got that, then that makes a difference to their squad. And but it comes down to finances as well, course, Paul. How, yeah. much, how much has he got yeah. to go and spend or play with? Does he need to get people out the door? To free up wages to bring other yeah. people in. Loans, do they work? Well, the two loans in January never worked. Diallo and, and Ramsey. Mm. Um, so, so it's always a gamble and as I said, you're never getting a player who's played every game and who's on top form. You're getting somebody who's either out of form, mm. coming out of contract or they're, they're in Siberia with their club. <laughs> <Yeah, sure. laughs> That's a great point that Peter makes though, isn't it? With so many subs now allowed, then if you're in the squad, the chances are you're stripped and you'll come on at some point. You know, they're not just sitting there. It's massive, it's massive yeah. now because, as I say, they've got 25 name, Paul. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. So they're the only guys that can represent them after the window closes, you know, in the, the final part of the season. Yeah. Have you thought of a better substitute than Scott Arfield? You'd hate to be called a sub because, Peter, I know you said that bigger names would come in at times and you made sure you were still a first choice for Celtic. And I'd have broke my heart. Yeah. You know, you sat in the stand, it would have. You know, know. That, you wouldn't have done that. You don't I, want to be called I, a super I, sub. No, absolutely. But David Fairclough, you get back to him, but I was growing up at Liverpool. Liverpool. He was yeah. probably the first one. You know, yep. that you remembered, and David Johnson, obviously, as well, yeah. who lost. Can, can I just say about Scotty Arfield that, are, in terms of players when they're left out, and Granny knows because he's been a manager for a long time, mm. they spit the dummy out, they come onto the pitch, they're not happy. Mm. One thing about Scott Arfield is he comes on that pitch with a smile on his face and gives it everything, which should, for me, be a given. But for me, there's far too many players that, oh, the manager's not picking me the day off, I'm not having it, I'm, I'm not happy. No, with Scott Arfield. And that's brilliant to see. That's a 34-year-old experienced player but Barry, who's you know played yourself, at a high level. But you know yeah. yourself. You represent yourself. We've spoken about it before. Oh, exactly. I'm not saying I liked every manager I played for. You know? But I ran through a brick wall for him. Because I was representing me, first and foremost. Everybody was watching us in the stand, the supporters. You know? That's who I was representing. So you had to give everything. Whether it was good, bad and different. I didn't need somebody to tell me you need to give everything. Mm. Was, you you wouldn't have seen it, Grant. You see as a player... Oh, and as a manager, when you name the team, you look and you see the heads go down and they're mopping about the dressing mm. room. I wouldn't be happy at that. I'd be going up and saying, listen, yeah, you're lucky you're playing with a club like this. Mm. Give him a kick up the backside. Um, and that's what I love about Scott Arfield. Looks to me if he's not a player that will mump him on, he'll go out and he'll train hard and when he's given that that opportunity, bang. I've always said to players, Baz, yeah. it's difficult. You know, when the team's playing well, and the player in his position is playing well, then that's the time you're talking to that player because he yeah. may be doing exceptionally well. But there's other times when you, the players pick the team with their performance on the training pitch and their matches. That's where they yeah. pick it. Yeah. And if Barry sees somebody in the huff and he's no... If there's a chance him playing next week, I'm not playing him because he was awful in the dressing room last week. He was a poor run about the group. He's not going to pick him. doesn't matter how well he trains because he's going to have that in the back of his mind if there's a fine line by who's going to select. Yeah. And that's what we are talking about Scaloni earlier on, talking about uh, Messi. Yeah. When he said... Oh no, I'll never take him off unless he comes to me. Yeah, you, want player, you want a player to be disappointed, but listen, initially, first minute or two, you're disappointed, but then you need to come out of it. You've got to get your, behind your teammates, and you know you might be needed at some stage within that 90 minutes. Did you ever spit out the dummy? I didn't need it. Didn't need it. I like it. <laughs> Peter? Uh, no, Paul, no. I, I was fortunate because oh, in our time there wasn't many did. subs. Sure. There wasn't yeah. many subs. Anyway, very, very, very rarely was a sub anyway. And I don't mean that because we never had big squads. Yeah. 
you know. So I was fortunate enough in that respect. No, I, I did some some games. You get left out early stages of the Scottish Cup. You, right, just going to give somebody. You no, know, I wanted to play. Probably Grant is no. You'll be the same as me. I wanted to play every single game. And but listen, you've got to, you've got to respect the, the manager's decision. Peter Grant, Barry Ferguson, Barry. You know who you sounded like a moment ago. You said, "Can I just say?" <laughs> Graham Sonnes. Oh, it's a, you, you got it. Honestly, that's why I smiled. You weren't looking, luckily. Because I was, I was, can I just say, sound like Sue, 69, he's in good shape, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, had a few things done. He's looking well. Some of his gears. Yeah. I, I was impressed with some of his clobber. <laughs> he always has been that way, to be fair. He always yeah. has been. He's always he's, looked after he's always been, always... Um, when you see him, yeah, he's always immaculate and smart, like some like, like Walter Smith was always yeah, like that. Sure. Always well dressed and well about yourself. Celtic team news will be in shortly. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go back on the lines. Laurie's on from Glasgow. Good evening, Laurie. Hey, Paul, good evening. Uh, good evening, Barry. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Laurie. Good evening, Laurie. Are you well? Uh, I got, Paul, I got a chuckle last week. I seemed to stir up a, a harmless nest when I spoke to Andy and alerted him uh-huh. uh, to the other team comments uh, made, made by Michael. Yeah. You're the cosplay of Furore. I saw that, yeah. In uh, the press uh, and the media the following day. Anyway, I'll tell you what, such is the popularity of your programme, <laughs> uh, the Go Radio Football Show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it really is becoming uh, increasingly uh, popular. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the fact that the, the two guys are on tonight because both of them are candid, they're forthright, and they don't attempt to ingratiate themselves with anybody to curry favour. So it's good to have the guys on. Anyway, I'll tell you... Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, they're both nodding, and we, we thank you for that. Yep. I'll get you a pint, Laurie. That's right. <laughs> and we're, we're not paying Laurie for this. <laughs> No problem. Uh, I'll tell you my main point this evening. Uh, I also had to chuckle about Big Ange, whom I think is amazing, yeah. uh, and how he's transformed Celtic's fortunes. But I think it was when a bit disingenuous, frankly, Paul, uh, when he said that he couldn't understand uh, people fail to make the distinction between Celtic and Rangers. I would have thought it was obvious. Uh, they've got a symbiotic relationship dating well over a, dating back well over a century. Uh, the last time, Paul, any team, uh, not that I'm enlightening here, you'll know this only too well, but the last time any team other than the old firm, and I call them the old firm, and I won't make any excuses for calling that, because they're indivisible and they're inseparable. Yeah. But the last team other than Celtic Rangers, out with their duopoly to win the league was 1985. Now, can I put that in perspective? At that time, uh, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan well, leaders of the free world, <laughs> and the Iron Curtain still existed. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to say that, that they can't, you can't understand, you know, why they're mentioned in the same breath is, frankly, plain daft as far as I'm concerned. Celtic Rangers uh, are synonymous. Uh, they're inseparable, as I said. They're like Laurel and Hardy, <laughs> David and Goliath, Fish and Chips, and uh, Steve Davis and Hurricane Higgins. The panel starts. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. No, yeah. I, I know what Laurie's saying. I, th- I think Ange, and I've, I've said it many times before about the press asking the questions, especially nowadays, Laurie, you know yourself, it used to be once a week. Now these guys are in front of them every single day near enough. 
it's the same questions, it's the same thing. And he's talking about Celtic Rangers getting lumped together. For us, as Barry and myself, we've managed clubs and all that. You're, I understand what he's trying to say there. Listen, we're two different teams in the respect of the way we play. I think if you listen, and I know you have listened to it because you sound intelligent yeah. enough, you've listened to the full question that he's asked, but he's speaking a bit yeah. more of the styles that they play. And Barry touched on it, Celtic's full-backs playing inside, Rangers playing with wingers wide. And that's... I think he's expecting the press to be asking him that. Listen, Rangers play with two wide men, Celtic play slightly different. How do you deal with that differently? You know, or Livingston play very deep, or Aberdeen play high, whatever. And I think he thinks they're lazy question. And I think he's having a go more at the press than the fact that Celtic and Rangers... He knows that Celtic and Rangers are always going to be... You go anywhere in the world, what does somebody say? If you're Glasgow or Celtic or Rangers, it's the first question people ask you. <laughs> what are you? Absolutely. Who do you support? You know? Absolutely. So yep. I think it's more at the press he's having a bit of a pop it because he's expecting, he's expecting that little bit of time, you know, when they come down and they say to themselves, I've taken my time to come down here. They're going to ask me some questions here. Yeah tactically, you know, or anything like that. How am I going to adjust to Livingston? Because when they go to Livingston, what's the first thing they ask? What about the park? Mm. Nothing else. Yeah. It's not about sure. the player. It's not about the team. How are you going to deal with Joe, Joe Nubley? Or, you know, how are you mm. going to deal with him? It's not that. It just becomes, oh, what about the pitch? Is that an equaliser? And I think that's what he's getting more frustrated. He knows he can't separate You're Celtic. You're having a go on my questioning, Peter no, Grant, aren't you? No, 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 I, no, I, know. I agree with Peter. We've spoken about it. I think he's getting bored with the questions yeah. that he's getting asked. He wants to yeah. get asked tactically what he's yeah. going to do against a David Martindale's team who are going to come and sit in and be strong and compact. Um, but listen, I, I like, but I, I think he, he comes across brilliantly, Ange. I think he's been brilliant for Scottish football, if I'm being mm. honest with you, but he's been a wee bit. I just think he's annoyed and frustrated, if I'm being honest with you. And you see, when you're listening to Laurie, yeah. when you're looking at it and you're listening to for, for the outside, I think you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, I hear some silly questions. You know, I wish they'd asked them this and I wish they'd asked them that. And I'm the same. I, I get frustrated at times. Even when we're in here, if, if I don't answer the question right or I just give a nod in my head, I should be, if Paul asked me something I don't agree with, I would ask him back and say, well, what do you mean by that? But I don't think that's the case in a, a press room. I think the guys are a wee bit set in their way. They've got a certain amount of time. So the first thing they'll think of, what about the park? And I'm thinking, well, that's a lazy question. What about the players that they've got? And I would, I know I get frustrated at and I'm not anywhere near the level that Ange was, but the, the questions he's getting asked, and it's constant, as I say. It's an, you know, an everyday thing for him. You know, we were fortunate enough it was probably once a week, but he, he's an everyday thing, and he's expecting a little bit. Go and do your homework. Go and ask me about these players. And I think it's not separating Celtic Rangers because you say it's impossible to do that in the respect of that. Wherever you go in the world, as soon as somebody says Glasgow, the first thing, what are you, Celtic or Rangers? Yeah. Well, hopefully Laurie's frustrated yeah. and annoyed <laughs> at the side. <laughs> Laurie, Laurie, here's the Celtic team. It's no question. Here it is. Hart... Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfelt and Taylor, just as you said, Peter. McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, Abada, Jota, Kyogo. That's exactly the team that you gave us, Peter, 15 minutes ago. Yeah, see, inside info, you think, eh? You but get... I didn't, I just think, what, for this particular game? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, so that's all you think. I, I, I think, yeah. you see, away from home, watching Celtic, mm. I think Yakimakis suits Celtic away from home obviously Celtic Park's massive yeah. you know like Kyogo I mean that front three are nimble aren't they their yeah. movement and if, if Livingston played it Barry Kyogo likes to well, go and press the goalkeeper I mean, he likes to do that I think if Dave Martindale comes and brings his team and mm. they, they play higher up the pitch there's only going to be one outcome for me on the bench for Celtic Sigrist of course Jens Jukamakis Haksabanovic Moy Turnbull Maeda Burnaby and Forrest 
Burnaby will be buzzing, won't he, as an Argentinian. Laurie, um, very, very strong. Nobody really missing, is there? A fantastic lineup. Uh, one that excites me. Paul, can I just say this to you? Um, Aberdeen, I felt, uh, were shocking at the weekend against uh, Celtic. Uh, I do understand, and I listened to Big John last night, and he's quite right, of course, when he said that realistically you cannot expect these teams to go head-to-toe with Celtic and indeed uh, with Rangers. But I think the weekend, uh, the performance at Pataudry by Aberdeen, uh, looking to entertain their own fans, uh, it was the biggest full-scale retreat, Paul, since the evacuation at Dunkirk. <laughs> Peter, would you agree? It was, I've never um, seen that, that game. Scale. That was before <laughs> even Peter Grant's time. I've never seen Dunkirk. You know I thought defensively they were strong. It's when they actually gained possession of the ball, yeah. it, they were just putting it straight back to Celtic. That That's yeah. the thing that I, I couldn't believe when I, I was watching it. Did you feel for Jim Goodwin last night, Barry, putting aside? No. Obviously, <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, as a... As a you know, professional as well. Yeah, he's, he's getting to nine, he's getting yeah. to ninety five minutes, and, and obviously the equaliser goes in, and then he's probably unhappy with that. And then he's thinking to himself, "Well, a point's better than than nothing." And then a minute and a half later, Scott Arfield scores the yeah. winner. So yeah. I'm sure. It, I mean, you've seen his interview after. I always watch the interviews yeah. with the managers, and you've seen him. He, he was, was on enough, honest enough to say, "Look, it's too early for yeah. me to really." Yeah, but I think he he spoke really well because um, yeah. you can be frustrated, you can say things that you regret. I think he handled the, the interview pretty well, um, but I'm sure he would have been hurting. It's no now ifs, buts, and maybes. At 94 minutes, you thought that's a long bus journey back or flying back down the road for Rangers, mm-hmm. because if they, but but it didn't happen. Rangers won. They late late. Yeah, but there's a lot of improvement it. to be made. Yeah, Paul. sure. Yep, a lot. Laurie, here's the Livingston lineup. Uh, Konovov is on the. He's the goalkeeper. Oh, good. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh, that's his name. <laughs> Nicky Devlin, the captain. Obelai, Fitzwater, Longridge, Montano, Sean Kelly, and Stephen Kelly. Penrice, Omionga, and Bruce Anderson. So that's the lineup. And on the bench, Hamilton Boys. Um, let me hmm. see who else is uh, there. Just getting the. Is Nibley involved? Nibley. They're on the bench. On the bench. I mean, oh, well there's done. A, there's three the players there. there. Yep. Stroke four players that you probably say would normally start, Granny. You've got Holt, Pittman, Nubly, and Shinny. So, what's he thinking then? Is he just trying to keep defend? in the game? Yeah. Keep in the game. Mm-hmm. And as Jim Dunn and Sat, uh, as Laurie was saying there, Jim Dunn at the weekend, and obviously they concede the goal late because nine times out of ten, if you're inviting that pressure on all the time, as Barry said, not keeping possession of the ball when you're getting out or, or breaking the ball up, it's very, very difficult because you're only waiting. And you know there's always an opportunity to come. And it proved again last night again. And I just felt for them last night because they put so much to get themselves in to get back to 2-1. Obviously, if you've been behind and getting a bit of criticism, you could hear the fans rumbling again. They go 2-1 in front, the fans are on with them. And they just had nothing left. They had nothing left. And you've got to give credit to Rangers. They kept going and kept going. And if it's 97, 98 minutes, that's what you're going to do now. Back to Celtic tonight then. Scoreline, what do you think, Laurie? I think uh, Levinson tonight will defend like the Alamo. Uh, Celtic 3-0 3-0 to Celtic Konovalov is the goalkeeper wasn't my finest pronunciation <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> Peter started early tonight Peter what do you think? that's exactly what I was going for right? yeah I was going 3-0 no. Celtic Barry what do you reckon? yeah I, I was going to go with it. I'll not agree with the, the two guys <laughs> I'll go I think 4 if they score an early goal um, you know what it's like teams hurt some big time but they need to stay really caught. It's going to be a long, long 90-odd minutes for Livingston tonight, I think. 
And and the big, it's the biggest yeah. thing, you know, Paul. Yeah. You go to Celtic Park, we're sitting deep. And there will be a rustiness, even though you've had the one game out of the road. There is a rustiness, you're coming back to Celtic Park. They're always that sort of thing around about you. And it maybe take you a little bit of time to create. And that's when the fans have just got to be patient, knowing mm-hmm. that on Saturday proved that. You know, you get late on when you've got that victory. We know that it's the same at Celtic Park because you turn up expecting to win. Of course sure. you do. If anybody's turning up the night thinks Livingston are going to no. get something... And no. Livy game is off, of course. Absolutely. See, weekend, see the big so. thing for Livingston, it's not physically where they're having to chase about, it's mentally keep mm-hmm. that concentration. concentration. Absolutely. And you've got to do that. If you want to get anything for Celtic Park tonight, you need to be on it 100%. Laurie, you love your football, you've watched it for many years. Here's what your manager had to say about that special World Cup final on Sunday. Yeah, we're just talking about it now. It's, um, yeah, it's been the talk of... Uh, Talk around here, and I guess around uh, around the world, it was a cracking final. It was, a, you know, it's what football's all about. Um, scripts you can't write, endings you can't, you know, put together that people will believe, and uh, that's the magic of football. And it was, um, yeah, it was a great spectacle. It was a great final, and uh, I guess for the most part, everyone was uh, hoping for the messy fairy tale ending. So that happened as well, but. Um, just a great game of football and uh, everything we love about the game. Laurie, for you, where does that rank in the pantheon of great football matches? Well, I couldn't have put it better than Ange, of course. Uh, I would say number one, I uh, bettered the sixth uh, final. One also, of course, by Argentina against the then West Germany 3-2. Yeah, yeah. Barry's too young to yeah. remember that, obviously. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, but you've watched some of the footage. No, I, was, I was eight year old. Yeah. That, that's yeah. when Maradona. That's when I really noticed Maradona. Obviously, with the, the England scenario yeah. or whatever. Were um, you watching it with Derek and your mum and dad? Yeah, and all that? listen. Yeah. That's when you when you get eight year old. That's when you start to understand it a wee yeah. bit. <laughs> yep. Was Derek in watching it? or Was he out? He was probably out. <laughs> <laughs> Laurie, thanks a lot for calling. Speak to you soon. My pleasure. Cheers, Thank you. Laurie. Cheers, Laurie. Thank you. Bye, bye. And we appreciate what he was saying there, you know. Oh, it's very you well know, put. It was a very good question because I, I uh, think we all wonder why the manager was a bit spiky. Yeah. I think he feels as if he's, I'm getting the same rhetoric week in, week out here. You know, any chance he was saying to me talking about their players or they've got this player or they've been playing this style have made it difficult for such and such last week doing this. You know, and I think, and that, listen, I'm having a go at the press and that. It's not the fact no. of that. It's because I know these guys have got a little time to ask the questions. Yes. Yeah. You know, or somebody's maybe asked a question they want and they're thinking, well, I've already, they've already sure. asked yeah. that, you know, sort of thing. And I know they get a small period of time, but I think that's a frustration more than anything else. Because as I say, I, I've been fortunate enough everywhere and everybody talks to you, where are you, where are you from, or Glasgow? Yeah. Oh, who, what team are you, Celtic or Rangers? <laughs> as if nobody else exists. <laughs> do, do you know, it's, it's not just hard for the managers, it must be hard for the press guys course, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 Right. Exactly. I've just interviewed him a couple of days ago, what yeah. can I ask him? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I notice uh, they say sometimes, talk to us about today's game or whatever. Which, but yeah, ask questions that will demand answers. Don't say, you must be delighted with the uh, performance. Uh, exactly. Well, you're yeah. happy with the result. What do you think yeah. of that? And you know if it's a negative, yeah. man, they're going to ask the manager a negative, well, what could you say about that? Sure. That's the first question they ask. Yeah. So if, if you said you, to Michael Beale last night, oh, you must be delighted, he'd say, well, no, 10%, uh, sorry, 100% effort. But you know, fifty percent in terms of the, the guy on the quality. Yeah, so, of course, you know, of course. But, yeah. but as you say, it's always easier if you'd have lost a game. That'd be a completely different answer because then all of a sudden there's questions more getting asked, especially if if Celtic went mm-hmm. this evening and it becomes twelve because that's the question that'd been asked. Celtic could go twelve clear tomorrow night, whether there's a sitting at six, and that's a hell of a uh, difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if Rangers had lost the game, 
the producer was getting a text I'm not coming in <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show thanks for making the switch great call there from Laurie listening in from five every evening tomorrow night here Andy Walker and Stephen McGinn will be with us in the studio what about the breakfast show tomorrow morning well somebody's won the hot tub I uh, yeah I Barry you've probably morning. got a couple of hot tubs <laughs> there yeah uh, Peter and a few of your mansions I've as well a few tubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've had a bit too much here Nikki well done Nikki winning that hot tub an £8,000 yeah, I just heard she just yep. moved house that's right as yep. well um, so that'll go into her back garden so brilliant Perfect. Magic. They were talking about the football as well. They were winding See if we get up. an invite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you never know I'm sure they would love to have you both there uniting the city and the west <laughs> and the know. whole of Scotland yeah. <laughs> just an opinion yeah just an opinion we gave you the Celtic line up there Peter Grant had it half an hour ago well it, there was no big surprise was there Celtic as oh, you would expect think, yeah, no injuries and listen that's home. no disrespect yeah. to me either I just thought yeah. Abada gives you that goal threat and from the wider area because I said Livingston defend narrow in the respect of that you know and make it difficult for you so they don't want you to go through the middle so you've got to score from the wide areas. Nevada does it exceptionally well. One of our big listeners, he's 14 today. Will you say hello to Noah? 14. Oh, out there yeah. in Hamilton, eh? Hamilton? Yeah. In Hamilton, yeah. Brilliant. Yep. Happy Hamilton birthday, Noah. Hope you have a fantastic day. Look at that on his uh, social media. He's got that? messy with the cup there. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Noah with the cup there. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe yeah. one day. It was either Tavernier or uh, Juranovic that he had eh? there. Yeah, he <laughs> beforehand. He's changed it. Love to be 14. Isn't it? Yeah, do you remember it? 14? Well, you were, were you on the books then at Rangers? 15? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I decided to sign when I was 15. 15, yeah. I never signed an S phone. No? No. Um, I, I travelled about a few clubs right. and then mm. had to make a decision um, when I was 15. And you chose. The rest is history. And Peter, for you? I was 10. Ten, I was in from ten years of age. It wasn't supposed to be because you had to sign an S form, as Barry said there. But S form was only for the high school, um, so I was fortunate enough. Done mines at ten, and then trained every two, twice a week for then, really all the way through. Paul, right to I left at thirty-two. So, yeah, I, I was at yeah. Rangers from nine, but I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't sign the, the S form. I was just desperate. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I was one of the ones. We did a few clubs and I didn't bother. I was not interested one bit. Yeah. I just wanted to go one place and one place only. If they were getting that, sure. <laughs> that's finished. And I know the prelims are just finishing for those doing the hires and for the thing before, is it the intermediates? What would you say to young Noah or to any young girl? Stick or in boy at listening? school. Yeah, exactly. That's my yeah. biggest regret. You did all right, though. Yeah, but, but you I, got I, to the I came top. away yeah. from school at 15, mm. which was um, unusual at, at that time. But Rangers wanted to bring me in because um, a number of well, a f- no, a number of reasons, a, a couple of reasons, I wasn't growing. They were they were worried about that, um, and obviously I wasn't really turning up that much at school. Yeah. So um, no, I went in there at 15. But that's my biggest regret, no sticking in it at school. And I said that to my own kids, the three of them, make sure they do their best, and they, they mm. certainly did that. Master Grant, what's your excuse? <laughs> I, I would definitely tell him to get a trade, Paul. Yeah, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And more so now, because Barry and myself have been involved in football for a long time playing. And then you get into management, coaching, whatever. But that's, the jobs then become a little bit more difficult and you lose your job, you're out of work and you've been used to being in, getting up at regimented, really, like the army for so many years. And I wish that I'd done something else for by along the side of it 
I really do because you could turn your hand it to keep yourself busy because I think that's the biggest thing when you get to a certain age whether you're out of work in work whatever you've got to keep yourself busy and we talk about the mental health and all that situation and I think that's part of the reason you'll have a lot of in sport mm -hmm. because we've been regimented to do certain things and it was frowned upon really I mean Barry's right I left school at 15 I joined Celtic at 15 if I'd have said I was going to do a course at something else mm -hmm. I'd have probably been frowned upon and think, well, I wasn't really that focused on my football. Really? Yeah, yeah. that was the way it was looked mm -hmm. upon then, you know. Yeah. And everybody thought you were going to get into pubs and I had absolutely no interest in doing anything like that. But the biggest thing for me is I would definitely, you know, if you could learn a trade, no matter how good you are at the football, have something to go along with that, 100%. What would your trade have been, Peter, if you could do it again? I'd love to, seriously, I'd love to be an adjoiner, an electrician, a painter, something like that. But something that you could do all the time. Peter you know, the Painter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> See, in terms of coming out of it, the, the biggest thing for me is routine. Absolutely. Yeah. Purpose. I, I need a, yeah. Yeah, I need, I need a, a routine. Listen, a wee bit different over the festive period when you've got a few parties and you're spending a bit more time with the family. But out with that, I like to get up in the morning and do a wee bit of training, keep myself. It's good for the good for the, the head for me. It sure is, for everybody. So they're good advice there for Noah or any young person continue with the studies or getting a trade in the football as well because you two you know got to the very top titles Scotland caps Barry you well you both played in England you managed as well in England Peter but there's not many who get to the level that you get even to. now Paul yep. that's what I'm saying I yep. still know I, I, I dement myself ask Lorraine you know I dement myself I, I'm like Barry I go to the gym early in the morning mm -hmm. there's a hell of a lot of hours in the day you know so you keep yourself busy is the most important thing. I can understand why people say they don't want to retire, you know, because I, I just like keeping myself busy. I like doing things, you know. I mean, you've not got that, as I say, we're regimented. You're lost at times. And then that's yeah. when you're not doing anything, you're not busy. Then that's probably when the thoughts come differently, you know, with that, that, yeah. that freedom. And that's what people have got to be very much aware of. Yeah, but I ask my missus after I do my, my run, like, list, whether it's Martin Spencer's, <laughs> Morrison's, Lidl. B&M Bargain is mm. one of my favourite shops, by the way. <laughs> Others available. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, and, and I need to get out and purpose. get about, even yep. if it's for an hour or two. Yeah. It's it's good because listen, you, your mates and whatever are working during the day, so you you're basically mm. you're yourself, and you need to keep your, your yourself occupied. And yep, stick in at school, get an education, and as what Granny says, a trade or whatever, and give uh, something back. Good news from Celtic Foundation, Peter. I see £385,000 handed over for a number of good causes here and abroad. Some of it, I think, in Australia, nearly 400000 So well done. Yeah, I know the clubs do loads of work. In fact, it's just uh, on the telly uh, as we speak. In fact, there's Celtic and uh, Rangers together. And the girl who's on Sky at the moment joined us in our Euro Nights at the Radisson Red. But Peter, that you know, so often people can be down on Scottish football, but some of the work being done Nearly 400 grand in Celtic's case Absolutely. There. Celtic yeah. Rangers, listen, they've always looked after people. They know how important it is. Listen, listen they're all Celtic supporters or Rangers supporters or football supporters with their own teams. So it doesn't matter. Everybody goes hungry, unfortunately, at this moment in time. The food banks yeah. are so, so important. Yeah. And you're even seeing it, not just people, you know, but young kids. Some of the stories are tragic. And I know it comes to a head at this time of the year, but we've got to remember it's every moment, every t it's every week now. You know, it used to just be these periods of the year when people were looking for stuff for their kids. But now it's every every week now with the, the finances so st and then all the strikes we're having at this moment in time. Yeah. But it's a constant, but it's fantastic. The clubs have always done great work. Let's be fair to them, the clubs have always done great work. Yeah, it's hard time. Cost of living for people as well. The, the bills are when it's sky high. It's tough times for people and it's great to 
to see not just Rangers and Celtic. Absolutely. Let's be honest, yeah, a, lot, a lot of the clubs, all, all the clubs up here. Well, Motherwell done a big thing last week, didn't they? They were yeah. feeding people mm-hmm. at yeah. the stadium and whatever. It was fantastic to see, you know. And I think people forget that there's a rivalry for 90 minutes, 98 minutes, or 100 minutes now, whatever yeah. you want to say. But away from it, they do try to look after their communities, and it's so so important because that, that is what support you. They come and support you. So in their time of need, hopefully, we can all do that. Absolutely. And I know the players, um, especially in your day, but lots of them, I saw them at the Glasgow Children's yeah, last week, Rangers, we, we used Celtic. to have to do that, and yep. I'm sure and Celtic they to do, do it. it. Yep. Yep. And the, the charity foundation, we raised millions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, always make yourself available to go and help um, people out. Headlines tonight then in the last few minutes as we gear up for the game tonight. But last night, well, Rangers left it late, 3-2. And the two final goals coming in injury time. Here's the manager afterwards. I see a group that isn't the most confident at the moment. The last two wins hopefully give them that. That's against third and fourth in the league. Away here is a difficult game. It was a difficult evening. I thought they they stuck together and, and they got over the line. Delighted with the result, obviously. I would say it was probably 10 out of 10 for character and mentality. 5 out of 10 for performance. And 10 out of 10, Barry says, so does Peter for... The scorer of those late, late goals, Scott Arfield. That's exactly what it was. Just trying to catch my breath a bit here. Um, here, the last 20 minutes, you know, we can see the goal and then we have to go right at it. Big mentality week to tough away fixtures. It was important we started in the right note, so to get the three points was, was huge. What chance do Rangers have of winning the title, Barry? It's going to be tough, Paul. Um, no doubt about it. I said that weeks ago, um, or just before the World Cup, uh, Cup break, sorry, should I say, I think Celtic need to hit a serious brick wall um, if Rangers are, are going to catch them. But Rangers need to think about number one and that's herself and concentrate on winning games of football. Um, with the new manager coming in, hopefully players are going to start to come back and then hopefully we, we see a, a, a different 2023. And for some of them, you're looking for much more. Yeah, I, I always look for, for, for more. Remember, you're playing at Rangers. Um, it's a brilliant place to play football. They're really lucky. Um, but they need to start performing because look, Celtic looked to me um, they stopped the, the World Cup break they were in fine form and I watched the game in, in Saturday as I always do watch all games I thought Celtic were dominant from minute one to the, the very last minute um, so they've come back in the same sort of form Rangers has been a bit patchy but listen, the most important thing is they've got the six points and these um, couple of games leading up to the Old Firm game Ross County and Muddle, we've got to get the six points and then we'll see what will happen on the 2nd of January. And Peter, for Celtic Livingston tonight, the lineup that you predicted Hart, Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, and Taylor. McGregor, the captain, he's back, he scored at the weekend. O'Reilly and Hatate, and they start with Obada and Jota with Kyogo. Well, if you look at that team, Paul, it's one he predominantly picked probably the most off last year. You know, and I think he knows that team, he trusts that team. And these boys, if we talk about the ones that's on the bench have always come on and affected the game. And I think that's where I see the difference between the two. Even though Arfield's come on in a massive impact last night, you could see it in the Rangers supporters last night, they were dead and buried really at 92 minutes, 93 minutes. You could see it in their faces when they panned on in the crowd. Then all of a sudden at the final whistle, it's completely different. And that shows you the difference with the winning games. You know, that that's the moment. And it obviously kept what Rangers fans think still in the title race because they knew for sure 
that had been over for them, even on their own minds, even though they don't agree with me, that had been over for them on their own minds if they'd have lost last night and Celtic win this evening. And my final word, we're just about out of time, but tonight Man United is back in England. It's the League Cup, Man United against Burnley. You both won the League Cup. Barry is a player, you as the assistant manager at Birmingham City. Who's going to win the League Cup in England? Who do you think, Barry, the EFL trophy? Who do you think? I'm just throwing that one at you. <laughs> you throw <laughs> Apart from you, Man City. You throw quite a lot at I know, me. I know. Peter? I'll go for Manchester United. Okay, you're going for United? Yeah, yeah. it could be. Ten Hag putting his stamp on it. Barry? I'll, I'll go... Tottenham. You're going Tottenham? Yes. Right. I see Conte, they're discussing a new contract. Another one. He's only in 15 million a year. Anyway, enough about uh, your wages. Still you two. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow night, Andy Walker, Stephen McGinn here on the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks so much, guys. Pleasure, Paul. And we'll be back tomorrow at five. Coming up next after the news, it's going to be Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.